Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. I want to welcome you to Calvary Live. I am your host for today's program, Jeff Figgs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado. And always so blessed to be here uh, and being able to host the show for the next hour. Uh, I'm ready to take your questions and your prayer requests as you just heard, the number to call to be on the air is 303-690-3000. Love for you to be able to call in and ask a question about the Bible or Christian living or maybe some current events. How do we look at it uh, according to the scriptures, uh, a, a Christian worldview? Uh, I'd love to give you clarity, understanding, to be able to exhort you, to edify you, to bless you in any way that I can. I'm here to serve you. It's a pleasure. Uh, it is a privilege to be able to do that. For all those who are listening, those listening on Grace FM in Colorado along the Front Range, 101.7 uh, in Southern Colorado from Pueblo, Fountain, uh, Whitefield Security in that area, um, up through uh, Colorado Springs to Monument. And then 89.7, a powerful signal in Northern Colorado from Castle Rock, all through the metro area, uh, to Boulder, to Longmont, to Fort Collins, to Greeley, to southern Wyoming. Grace FM covers about 75 to 80% of the population uh, that is the coverage area of Colorado. And uh, so we're so blessed to be here to proclaim the Word of God, the truth of the gospel. Give me a call at 303 there is a text line to text in a question or a prayer request at 720-336-0897. Again, that number is 720-336-0897. And I would encourage you, if you're new to listening to Grace FM or Calvary Live, uh, I want to welcome also those that are listening in on the East Coast at Truth FM and Hope FM. Welcome. Uh, you too can call at those numbers and be a part of the show. This really is your show, the listener, as you call in. And um, it's an opportunity for you to ask your questions. And maybe you're asking a question that a lot of other listeners are, have been pondering or wondering about. And so we can learn together. We can go to the Word of God together, 303-690-3000. You on the East Coast at Truth FM and Hope FM, you are a week delayed. But I'd love to hear from you. Always encouraged by you guys out there, our brothers and sisters in the Lord. Um, so give us a call. Text line 720-336-0897. Let's go to line one to David in Longmont. David? Yeah, this is David. How are you David, doing? you're on Cal... I'm good. How are you, David? I'm doing well. I appreciate you taking my call. Absolutely. Um, so... So my question is, and, and I don't want you to get me wrong, I'm not suicidal, I'm not okay. going to hurt myself or anything like that, but, you know, I'm, I'm handicapped, I have some mobility issues, I'm in a lot of pain, 
And I'm wondering, while while I would never do anything to hurt myself, is it wrong for me to ask God to take me home? Well, uh, and I can't understand fully what you're going through, the pain, uh, but I know it's very difficult. A couple of scriptures that I'll give to you when I think about it is that, you know, Paul had a thorn in the flesh, and he asked for healing, and the, he asked three times, and the Lord said, my grace is sufficient. And um, and we know that Paul also uh, would write in Second Corinthians, as he had that thorn in the flesh, uh, the Lord... Uh, given him that grace uh, that is sufficient, but also the Lord would say to him that my strength is made perfect in weakness. And I think, David, that's a focus of a prayer for you um, to be able to say, Lord, you know, I got this thorn in the flesh, and this is painful. And um, but Lord, I need your grace, <clears throat> I need your help, I need your strength. And you said that your strength is made perfect in weakness. And, um, you know, Paul writes that, for when I am weak, then I am strong. I think that's the main focus for you. But also, you know, Paul, he kind of pondered, if you go to the book of Philippians, uh, Paul, he didn't know whether he was going to be beheaded or not. And uh, he is in prison. He's writing uh, that prison epistle. He's telling the uh, Christians there in Philippi, don't worry about me, my chains or for the furtherance of the gospel, but he has to struggle there. And I think it's a little bit what you're telling me. He says that, you know, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Um, He says, I don't know, uh, I'm hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Uh, Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. And and I think what you're saying uh, is you made it very clear um, you know, you're praying, Lord, uh, I want to go home. Uh, um, I think you're kind of saying the same thing, perhaps. And and I don't want to, you know, interject and, and say what it is exactly you're thinking. But, you know, you have a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is gain. No more pain. You know, none of that that you're going through. And um, Well, but, you know, it's just it's the whole idea of being with Christ, being able to just worship and yeah, I, I don't know. Seeing people that I've lost, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know how it's going. I don't think any of us know for sure how it's going to work up there. Um, well, but we do. I don't we, know. Yeah, the thing is, when we go home, none of that pain is going to be there. Um, we know from Revelation chapter twenty-one, uh, when we're with the Lord for all eternity that he writes something that I remember reading this uh, at my father's uh, memorial service when he went through a lot of pain and um, just a a long process of sickness. Um, But God will wipe away every tear from our eyes, and there'll be no more death, nor sorrow, no crying. There'll be no more pain for the former things that passed away. And and that's a promise that I think that that you can hang on to. Uh, But David, I sure love to to pray with you and um, that would that would mean a lot to me if you would do so. Absolutely, David. And I appreciate your call and in the honesty of your heart. And and that's what I appreciate when people just in the honesty of their heart they're saying, Is it you know, I'm praying you know, to go home and and that is the honesty of your heart and you can give that to the Lord. And I think the Lord's gonna minister to you as you continue to do that. So Father, I pray for David. I just pray that you would um he's in a lot of pain. Um pain that I can't understand, um, 
what he's gone through. Um, you know, though, and I pray that you would um, really show him uh, what you showed Paul, that my grace is sufficient, and in our weaknesses you make us strong, that you would do that work, that you bring relief to him, that you would minister to him, he would perceive your joy. And Lord, as Christians, we do have a desire to go home to be with you because we have the promise of no more pain or sorrow or tears or sickness or death. And and so, Lord, we thank you for that promise. So I pray you be with my brother David. I just pray that you'd minister to him, that you'd strengthen him, that you'd bless him in every way. Bring relief to him, Lord. Touch his body. Minister to his heart. Bring the comfort and relief and uh, healing. Um, Lord, just day by day, uh, see you working, showing yourself strong on his behalf in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, David, I'll be, I'm going to be praying for you, okay? I really appreciate that. It means more to me than you know. Okay, David. Keep in touch, okay? All right. Take care. And okay. thank you. You're welcome. Absolutely. You know, one of the other things that the Lord, uh, we live in a day and age where where people, uh, our society, our culture, we've just passed assisted suicide and all of that. And David's not in that camp at all. Uh, But, you know, the Lord said, choose between death and life. And, And he says there in the book of Deuteronomy, he says, choose life. And however long the Lord has us here, even through some of you that are listening, I know that perhaps you're going through great pain, you're going through great sorrow, you, you know, difficulties. Um, look to the Lord. Just keep hanging on to Him and, um, and always know that He's there. He's going to get you through. His grace is sufficient for you. Keep looking to Him uh, to make you strong in, in your weakness. And that's for all of us. Let's go to Susan in Lakewood. Susan? Susan? Are you there, Susan? Susan had a prayer request, uh, lost a friend, um, and she just feels the enemy that's attacking her. So, Susan, I'm sorry we lost you, but we can go ahead and pray for you. If you're listening, I'm so sorry, first of all, for your loss. Uh, A loss of a friend, of a loved one uh, is so difficult, and and I know that you're going through a grieving process, and uh, the enemy at that time will come against you. And so I'm going to pray that the Lord will strengthen you um, and bring healing and comfort to you and just to help you during this time of grieving. So, Father, we pray for Susan. You know who she is. You know the circumstance, the loss of a friend, and uh, she needs prayer, and she's asking for prayer. And I pray that you would bless her. Uh, The enemy is coming against her, trying to take advantage of when she has sorrow in her heart and grieving. And Lord, it says she's on this long, difficult road of of grieving for her friend. I just pray that you would just strengthen her, bring comfort to her. Lord, that uh, you would uh, minister to her. You know exactly uh, what she needs. And Lord, I, I think about what your word declares in Second in Corinthians. As Paul talked about the difficulties that he was going through, as he says, that the Lord, the God of all comfort, comforts us in all our tribulations and that we may be able to comfort those who may be in any trouble. So I pray that you would help Susan comfort her and um, because you're the one that comforts us in all our loss, all our pain, and all our 
our um, you know, trials that we go through in life. And so bring that to her in Jesus' name. Amen. So Susan, uh, we'll be praying for you. Sorry we lost you on the line, but let's go to Rhonda in Colorado Springs. Rhonda? Okay. Can you Rhonda, hear me? Rhonda, you with us? Yes, Rhonda. How are All you right. today? Um, I'm good. Thank you for taking my call. Um, Absolutely. I have, I have a question. Um, my husband and I have been married for 13 years. And of that 13 years, we have been trying to have a child, and we have been unsuccessful um, with unable to carry a pregnancy, um, have had failed adoption attempts, um, and we're both 41 now, and um, I feel like my age has gotten the better of me, Um, you know, just... It's not recommended to um, have a baby after 40, according to science, and um, we're just have a lot of sorrow about not having a family, and I know that Mm -hmm. we have each other, and we have, you know, pets and things like that, but um, it doesn't feel the same, and it's something that we really have a hard time even discussing together as a couple because there's so much hurt um, Uh where that stands because we're just, we don't know why we're not able to conceive, we're not able to carry a pregnancy, we're not able to even adopt. The attempts that we've even made for adoption have been kind of foiled and, um, you know, yeah. There's so people that say, like, you know, you're you're blessed because you don't have kids, and you know, you don't want kids because they're, you know, this, that, and the other. But they're not in my shoes. These are people who have healthy families. And well, um, yeah, and it's it's not biblical either. It doesn't help. Um, sometimes people they 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 mean well when they say things, and they think that maybe you know they're helping, but. The Bible's very clear that, you know, uh, children are a blessing from the Lord. And that desire for a couple to have a child and not be able to have one is something that we even see throughout Scripture. We see Hannah that is weeping, remember, in First Samuel? Mm-hmm. That she's weeping, you know, because she, you know, didn't have a child, and she was praying for a child. And the Lord would grant her to, to um, have Samuel. Um, but, you know, you're in a situation where you're going, Lord, why? And as you were talking, I was thinking about a couple different portions of Scripture. I was thinking about Luke, um, where there's John, um, there is Zacharias, that is, and there is Elizabeth. Zacharias is in the temple, and he is uh, ministering uh, there in the temple. And the angel comes to him and, and says, Zacharias, your prayers have been heard. And tells him, and, you know, the message is for Elizabeth, too, that you're going to have a son who would be John the Baptist, right? Yeah, right. And, and what I was thinking about that when the last time I kind of taught on that and was thinking about that is that I'm sure that as they were past the age of childbearing, that... John or Zacharias and Elizabeth are thinking your prayers have been heard. They probably hadn't prayed that prayer in years. And and yet the Lord 
knew their hearts, and, and I'm not saying that the Lord's going to do that same work in you, but I do know this, that there's a promise given in Romans chapter 8, verse 32, that he who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all, shall he not with him also freely give us all things? And that's the verse that kind of gave to me when, you know, you're, you're hurting, you're wondering, you're struggling. Um, Lord, why? We haven't been able to have a child. We're, we're in our early 40s now. We haven't been able to adopt. Um, you have these families that, you know, they have children that are telling you these uh, messages that really aren't helping you. But I pray that this does minister to you because in that verse that I read to you, that if we can trust, you know, the Lord with our salvation, he didn't spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. He gave us the very best. Shall he not with him also freely give us all things? And this is where faith comes in. That if he is withholding something for you, at least at the moment, then for some reason that he's telling you no, because he may have something else, he may be telling you to wait, but we can trust him with our lives. We trust him with our salvation. We trust him with our lives. And if he isn't giving us something, he's not going to withhold anything that is good. Psalm says the same thing, and it may not be good for you right now for whatever reason. He looks at it in eternity's perspective and views. And and don't give up is what I'm saying. You keep praying and see what the Lord has in the days and the weeks ahead. And and he's going to do the very best in our lives that that as he is working in our lives. But again, he has an eternal perspective. And I don't always understand everything that he's doing in my life or in the life of my children. But I do know this, that, Lord, you gave me your son, the very best, who did not, you know, um, you didn't spare him, but it delivered him up for us all, that if I can trust you with my salvation, and the giving of your son the very best, that I know you're going to do the very best in my life. And I don't understand it. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know why you're withholding. It seems like I've been waiting for so long for this. But, Lord, I'm going to trust in you. And then you can um, say that, Rhonda, that I'm also going to rest in you. I'm just going to rest it, you know, that you're going to do the very best and rest in your love and in your promises. And I don't know if that helps you at all, but don't give up. You keep praying. He loves you. He hears you. He said to Zacharias, your prayers have been heard, and the Lord has heard your prayers. And what he's going to do tomorrow or in the days ahead, you don't know. But know that he's not going to withhold anything that is good at least in his perspective, he's going to do the very best, even though you don't understand it. Sometimes that's kind of hard. You think, Lord, I don't know if I can believe that, but believe it, okay? And know that he's going to work on your behalf somehow, some way. You watch and see, but keep turning to him, okay? All right. I just, um, I don't know how how long, how long do I wait? How long do I... You know, how long is too long to be pining over this and hoping, you know, and acting like I don't care about it, but really that deep down in my heart, it's such a raw, open wound. 
that yeah. people don't understand. And no, they I'm don't. already I'm already past what I feel is like past an age that I could safely have a child, considering mm-hmm. that I've had past health conditions and whatnot. Okay. You know, like, is that sinful for me to be upset about, you know, not seeing this come to a reality, well, that, that, you know? That's the hard part. couple things here. Number one is Jesus was coming down off the mountain of transfiguration, Mark's gospel tells us. And he came down from the mountain, and there was a man that had a son who was vexed with this demon. And and the apostles that were down there trying to cast this demon out couldn't. So when Jesus came down from the mountain, that the Father immediately made a beeline to Jesus and said, Can you help me? And no one's been able to help me. And that's you feel helpless right now. That this hasn't helped, this hasn't worked, um, we haven't been able to adopt. And, and Jesus said, All things are possible if you believe. And the Father said this in the honesty of his heart. He said, I believe, but there's unbelief. And I think that what you're saying in the honesty of your heart is you just cast it upon the Lord and say, Lord, there's belief, but there's unbelief right now. That that's all the Lord wants. It's hard to, to, okay, well, you know, what am I going to be, 80 years old when I have a child? How is that even possible? You know, right. like, that's not what I pictured my life as being right. somebody who's middle-aged or older and trying to raise a family. You like, my, it, what's really, it's just kind of a, kind of clinches this, is that, like, my, my sister has five children. My husband's sisters both have five or more children. We're surrounded by, you know, like siblings who have big families, and we're the only the only children in our families on both sides that right. are unable to have children. You know, so yeah. it's the childless and so... couple that treat their dogs yeah. like their children. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. you know, it's it's. And it's, I'm, you know, I'm so sorry. It's a struggle, Rhonda, and. And I can't fully understand it. Um, but here's the other thing. Cast your honesty of your heart upon the Lord and say, Lord, I'm struggling with this. He's going to help you. That's all the Lord wanted that man to do. Second of all, the Hebrews chapter uh, 12 tells us, don't have that root of bitterness. Don't be bitter towards God or towards others. And that can really just a little bit begin to grow and it begins to defile you and others, and it just begins to defile your spiritual life. But instead, you know, of being bitter or just say, Lord, I, I got to rest and trust in you in whatever it is that you're doing. And then you ask, how long do I wait? I don't know. Because, Rhonda, I want to know what's going to happen in six weeks or six months or a year from now. And what the Lord does is he comes back and he says, Jeff, I want you to take it a day at a time. Come back and see me tomorrow in a day at a time and learning to trust in him. And in this trials and in the difficulties, he wants to do a work in you, an incredible work. And so keep your eyes on him. Keep your focus on him and give your hurt to him and just allow him to minister to you during this time. Okay, Rhonda? All right. Can I pray for you? 
Yes. Father, I thank you for Rhonda's call. And, and Lord, the honesty of her heart, just her and her husband have been trying to have a child um, themselves. Uh, she hasn't been able to conceive, being impregnated. Um, she, they haven't been able to adopt. But, Lord, I just pray that you would minister to her, to her husband. Lord, that you would um, just uh, bring your comfort to them. And, Lord, that she would embrace the promise that as he who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things, the implication being good things. And, Lord, to wait on you, and you're going to be gracious, you promise, for those who wait on you, and, and Lord, to speak to her. And you promise that you'll be gracious to those who wait on you. And that can be one of the hardest things and she's been waiting for a long time. I pray that you help Rhonda and her husband keep their eyes on you. It's so hard when there's family and there's others around them that have children. And and there's a hurt that's there. And Lord, they don't understand. But as they are confronted with they don't understand, fall back on what they do understand. And that is your love. And you desire to, to work in their lives. And, and that you promise you'll never leave them or forsake them. So, Lord, just just work in that way. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes. Hey, hey, Rhonda. Yeah. Rhonda. Uh-huh. When, you're, when you're confronted with things that you don't understand, fall back on the things that you do understand. Okay? okay. You fall back on his love. You fall back on his promises. And know that he's there. And he's working. He hasn't forgotten about you. But he's going to work, and he knows his thoughts towards you are thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. And as you call out to him, he says in Jeremiah 29, that I will hear you. And as you search me with all of your heart, I will be found. You keep looking to him, okay? Okay. All right, Thank Rhonda. You. You're welcome. I'll be okay. praying for you. God bless okay. you. God bless you. Let's go to Bethany in Denver. Bethany? Bethany? Bethany had a prayer request. I don't know if, um, Bethany, if you can call back, but um, husband and her struggling to find a home. So, Bethany, I am going to pray for you before we go to break. And, and I'd love to, to talk with you if there's anything else I can encourage you with. Um, but Father, I do pray for Bethany who called from Denver and her husband are struggling to find a home. And that's that's a struggle that a lot of people are having here in Colorado and in not only the Denver area, but all along the Front Range. And so I just pray that you would um, be with them, help them find the right home, the affordable home, a place that they can be safe, a place where they can live together, um, be blessed. Um, so, Lord, lead them to um, that right home, uh, wherever it is that they can get to work. Uh, Lord, just provide for them uh, because that's that's really a big thing is our shelter where we're going to live. So uh, I pray for those who perhaps are going through the same thing, looking for housing. There's such a shortage, but lead them to the right place, open up the right home for them, in Jesus' name, amen. So, Bethany, if you're listening, sorry um, we didn't get you to your call, but uh, we're going to be praying for you. Keep us updated. Love to hear from you. 
and uh, we'll just um, uh, continue to pray that you find that right home. So, hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. We're about ready to go to break. Uh, we've been on the phone lines, 303-690-3000. Give me a call, um, and I'd love to talk with you, pray with you, and encourage you any way that I can. The text line is 720-336-0897. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley. And we've had a great first half. Um, and so grab one of those open lines. We got open lines, and let's talk about the things of the Lord. We'll be right back in about 2 minutes, 90 seconds. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Ask your questions or give your prayer requests. Love to talk to you. We do have open lines, and we've had a great first half of the show. We've got plenty of time to take calls uh, as we will be heading to the top of the hour. Uh, but thank you for being tuned in to uh, Calvary Live. I am Jeff Figs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in northern Colorado. Again, welcoming all the listeners in Grace FM uh, in southern Colorado and northern Colorado, southern Wyoming, and then also on the east coast on Truth FM and Hope FM. Love to hear from you guys. You guys are a week delayed. Uh, while we're waiting for some phone calls to come in, also I want to remind you, that the text line, 720-336-0897, uh, give uh, a question on that text line. It's dedicated text line uh, for texting only, uh, but uh, chances are, especially this time of the year, as we get into the hardest summer, which we were in, sometimes it can be a little bit slow. Uh, so maybe you've been listening to Calvary Life for a while, and you're thinking, man, this is my chance to call in uh, while I have the opportunity to ask a question or give a prayer request. I'd love to take you to the Word of God, encourage you in any way that I can, and then also, uh, you know, uh, to be able to text in a question. Maybe you're not able to call, and as we have time, as it allows us, we'll go to those text questions. We're waiting uh, for someone to call, 303-690-3000. This really is your show, uh, you, the listener. I just want to encourage you, if you're up in northern Colorado, in Weld County, in the Greeley area. Maybe you're coming up for the Greeley Stampede. The Greeley Stampede is uh, something that takes place this time of the year. We'll be going on to the 4th of July. That if you're up in this area, would love to be able to uh, to uh, just uh, visit with you. Uh, we have a Wednesday night service tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. We're in the book of Isaiah. We are uh, in that second half of Isaiah now. Uh, Isaiah is divided up into two parts, uh, chapters 1 through 39 that we just finished, and then chapters 40 through 66. And the first 39 chapters kind of follow a theme of the Old Testament. Uh, The second part, chapters 40 through 66, follow a theme of the New Testament. Just as you know, there's 66 books in uh, the Bible, 39 books of the Old Testament, and then uh, 23 books there, or 27 books in the uh, 
uh, New Testament. So the remaining 27 chapters uh, are such incredible uh, encouragement to us as we go through that. So um, come and, and join us. And then Sunday mornings, 8, 9.30, and 11 o'clock. So if you're up for Greeley Stampede or if you're coming through, we've had people from the East Coast that listen to us that on their way to Rocky Mountain National Park, perhaps they stop by. would love to be able to meet you here at Calvary Chapel Greeley. We're easy to find. Locate us at calvarychapelgreeley.com on our website and, um, and just uh, have the opportunity to meet you and serve you and your family uh, would be a blessing to us. Let's go to Lucy in Longmont. Hi. Lucy, how yes, are you? Hi. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fine. Um, I'm, I'm going to ask for prayer for wisdom from the Lord. Um, I heard that they're using this flavor enhancer in our food called HEK329. And it, mm-hmm. it's human embryonic kidney cells mm-hmm. um, that they're putting in, like, Pepsi products and uh, some Kraft products, some General Mills products. And it, that really scares me to think that we could be putting food in our food system, embryonic cells from aborted babies. And... Uh, I just want wisdom about what I can, what I can eat and what I can't eat, because I I don't want to be guilty of eating those cells. You see where I'm going? Yeah, and and I don't know too much about it at all. I haven't really looked into it. Um, I I know that I I've had uh, one or two people say, you know, don't take communion because you know it it could be in the grape juice that you drink. Um, I I think the key is what you said, Lucy, have real discernment, um, you know, really do your homework. uh, And not everything that we read on the internet or stuff is accurate. And, and I can't say how true this is or not, but let me pray for you for that wisdom and for that discernment as father Lucy calls and she wants to honor you. I can tell that. And so give her wisdom and discernment and what she's to eat. And and um, you know, sometimes it's difficult to know what's in the food and in the stuff that we drink, the products that we buy. But, Lord, we want to honor you. She does, too. So give her wisdom and discernment, what she's reading, the research that she's doing. And she go to good sources and be able to um, to make a wise decision for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Lucy. We'll be praying, okay? Okay, thank you very much. Absolutely. Okay, bye-bye. Okay. Let's go to Gary in Fort Collins. Gary? Hello. Yes. How are you? I could be doing better. Can we pray for you? Yeah, uh, not yet. But, yeah, my shoulder needs some healing. That's what I'm asking for absolutely absolutely did you hurt it or yeah i think that i pulled some muscles or tore some muscles and i know god can heal me yeah i know he he can can. and that's what we're going to pray for right yes absolutely so father we pray for gary from fort collins 
He hurt his shoulder at work. Um, he pulled some muscles. Uh, he needs to be able to work. It's painful. So we know that you're able to heal, and he's asking for that. And so we pray for your touch upon his shoulder to take the pain away, to relax the muscles, uh, to be able to bring healing, that he can do what he, uh, he needs to do uh, about his daily tasks, about his work. We pray that um, you would bring that relief to him, uh, and he believes that you can do that because you are the great physician. There's nothing too difficult for you. You're almighty God. You're the creator of heaven and earth. And you spoke, and the worlds came into existence, and you can speak and bring healing to his shoulder. So we just pray this for Gary. I just pray that you would do that work in him. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You bet, Gary. Thanks for calling in. Keep us updated how it's going. I will. Thank you. Okay, God bless you. Let's go to, I believe it's Renee and Aurora. Renee? Yes, hi. How are you today? Very good. Good. Um, I'm calling because I had a question. I read in the Bible that it said that children would not be punished for their parents' transgressions. But then I thought that I also read that God said he would punish to the fourth generation. And I don't know if he said he was going to punish or he was, he was going to bless the fourth generation for what the parents did. Do you know what I'm referring to? Yeah, I think what you're referring to is what's called generational curses. And um, there's that doctrine that has floated in the church. There are those who even have come into different towns and cities, held seminars about generational curses, uh, I will have people that will come to me and say, well, I really struggle with um, with adultery or I struggle with lust. I struggle with um, drunkenness because, um, because of generational curses, because their great-grandfather and grandfather and father, you know, had those same sins, struggled with them, that now this generational curse, and where they, the text that they use is from actually the Ten Commandments. And um, what it says here is, um, let me read it to you, um, that the Lord said um, that you shall not bow down to idols, nor serve them, for I am the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. So okay. that's, that's what they use. This is Exodus chapter 20, verse 5. And so they say, see, God is visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation. And so because of what your grandfather did or your great-grandfather did, um, now you have this generational curse. I I believe that's false teaching. Uh, Mm -hmm. I don't buy into it. Here's the thing. Our Lord is not, you know, the Godfather. You know, I'm going to get your kids. He's God the Father. And when we come to Christ, we're free from that. Doesn't he yeah. bring us freedom? Yeah. And and so he freed us from the curse. The Bible says that Jesus became a curse for us, that we might be free. So we're free from not only the penalty of sin, but the power of the Holy Spirit working in our lives to free us um, from the power of sin in our lives. So, you know, to say that, well, you're struggling with this sin because 
of what your fathers did, um, you know, what your grandfather did, generational curses. That's not what's being said here. What is being said here is that the Lord says uh, that I'm going to visit the iniquity of the fathers upon the children, the third, fourth generation. What he's saying in that is this, uh, Renee, that that sin is going to be sin. It will always be sin. God's Word doesn't change. From generation to generation to generation, he's going to keep convicting of sin, and he calls it sin. So what you have today is you have a culture that is going along and that is saying that, well, you know, um, you know, we need to change the Bible because, uh, because of what culture says. And the Lord says, no, I'm going to visit the iniquity from generation to generation. Sin is sin. God's word doesn't change, and I think that's really what's being said there. Um, okay. Not that I'm I'm going to get your kids, and you know because your father or grandfather struggled with uh, drunkenness, that you're going to struggle with it. Now, it doesn't mean that what our parents do doesn't affect us in some way. Of course, it does. But we have a father that wants to set us free, and we have a father that you know has uh, freed us from that and to live a life you know, after him. And that's the wonderful news of the gospel, isn't it? Yeah. And And so, you know, these people will come in with the generational curses, and and then, you know, we end up having to clean up the mess after what they did because people lose hope. They, they think, well, I got to continue in this sin because it's generational curse. Listen, he took the curse away from us when he went to the cross, and now I'm free to live for him. Now, in the book of Ezekiel, um, there was a proverb that was spoken in Ezekiel. And the proverb was that, you know, we are going to grind our teeth because of what our fathers did. They were blaming them going into captivity because of their father's sin and, their, you know, forefather's sin and idol worship and all of this. And the Lord says, listen, you're guilty for your own sin. And that proverb is not going to be heard anymore in the land. So you can go through the book of Ezekiel, and you can see where that is, and um, and where he says, I don't want to hear that proverb anymore, that you are going to be responsible for your sins, and that is true. That's what the Bible teaches. So hopefully that brings some clarity to you. It does. Um, I just had a question, though, about what about a, like Ahab's family? Was it Ahab that was, who was married to uh Jezebel, when he yes. destroyed that that house, he destroyed all of his. He destroyed all of the kids, everything. So um, I'm trying to think real quick back to Second Kings. <laughs> <laughs> you know about um, Ahab. I I know that him and Jezebel plotted against Naboth. Um, I think what we see there. Um, and, and probably, I know what's going to happen, Renee, is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go home and I'm going to think, oh, I know the story that she was talking about. But what we see is, is we see a godless king or uh, one who worshiped false gods. Jezebel was a very w- wicked woman. And, the, you know, the, the leadership, it just, you know, Jezebel killed the, the prophets of God. Um, mm-hmm. There was... You know, all this terrible consequences that went on. So it doesn't mean that, um, you know, when we sin, it, it does affect. It's not just affects us. It affects a whole lot of people. 
Right. And um, but as far as generational curses that you're going to be cursed because of what your father did, yeah, uh, our parents what they do if they sin against us, you know. Um, but as far as the doctrine of generational curses, I think it's really far stretching what the Bible is saying um, okay. that you're cursed because of what your father struggled with or whatever. And um, I know this that when I came to Christ, I was free from all that. I'm yeah. free from sin. I'm free from the power of sin in my life. And that is the message of the gospel. Okay. And, and, and so it's no longer I'm under that curse. But it doesn't mean that somebody, you know, Christians end up dying. They get martyred. Um, they, they have tragedy. We're not exempt from any of those things. Um, but it really doesn't have anything to do with generational curses. Okay. All right. Does that help? That helps a lot. Okay. Now I'm going to be thinking about that story Ahab and Jezebel. Um, <laughs> but I think their whole family was just entrenched in sin, and they were all guilty for their own sin. So the family as a whole had to pay. I think well, that's what happened. I do know when I think about with Ahab is you remember that Jezebel came up with that plot. He wanted Naboth's vineyard. Yes. And and so she comes up with the plot. He goes home. He falls on his bed. He starts crying because he wanted Naboth's vineyard. And then she comes in and says, I'll get you the vineyard. And she comes up with this plot to make sure that, um, you know, that he, he gets uh, the um, plot and he has Naboth killed um, as the, he's falsely accused. And it was who that came to him, Elijah, uh, that comes to him. And Elijah says, because you have done this, um, Naboth. Now, here's the thing. Jezebel was the one who made the plot, came up with the plan, made sure it got carried through. But Ahab, because of his position as the king and the leader of that home, he was held responsible that you are going to die in battle and you're going to end up um, you know, uh, being killed in battle, and then Jezebel, God's going to deal with you. So there are consequences for what we do in sin, and um, and you know, you're responsible for your own sin, and right. and you know, it's all because Ahab just had to have he he wanted to turn the vineyard into a vegetable garden, which is dumb in the first place. <laughs> I mean, vineyards are expensive, and. <laughs> You know, you want your own little vegetable garden, and that's what gets us into trouble. Yeah. I got to have my vegetable garden. I'm going to boo-hoo, and I'm going to throw a fit, you know, until, you know, I get it. And, um, you know, and God says, no, um, don't sin. And Jezebel was dealt with as well for their sin. So, and, you know, that's the thing. Um, Maybe I'm just kind of rambling a little bit, but... (laughs) Sin not only affects you, it just affects a whole lot of people, especially when you're the head of the house, mm-hmm. you're a parent, you know, or you're a leader in the church or you're a boss or whatever. It just is bad news. And that's why it's a loving father that says stay away from it. Yeah. Does that help? That helps. <laughs> I know I kind of <laughs> went a little bit off trail with it, but I think... You know, a lot of people really struggle with that generational curses, and I feel cursed, you know, because, you know, they they got taught that. Listen, 
those of you that are in Christ, you are free. You know, we've been a massive, you know, just freed, and um, that's the message, the gospel. We don't have to be under that bondage. It, it doesn't mean we won't struggle. It doesn't mean that we won't be affected by other people's sin, but generational curses, um, the Lord is saying in that, that I'm going to keep visiting every generation that sin is sin. So right. I think that's a better way to look at it. Yeah. All right? Yes. Thank you so much. You're welcome so much. Thanks for calling in. Okay. <laughs> Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Very important that we look at the scriptures, and uh, there's a lot of questionable things that are out there. Hey, we got a few minutes um, to um, the program, so give me a quick call, 303-690-3000. Again, 303-690-3000. And let's go to a uh, text question. There's a text question in Revelation chapter 21, verse 14, we are told that the names of the apostles who will be on the twelve foundations of the New Jerusalem. Will Paul's or Matthias' name be written? And that's a good question because that can be debated, and we don't know for sure. Uh, we do know that it was Judas, one of the twelve, that of course uh, betrayed the Lord. And in Acts chapter one, we see that Peter stands up and says, "We got to replace uh, Judas," so he was replaced by Matthias, it was between him and I believe, um, I'm thinking I'm going to go there right now, uh, between him and somebody else, and they, they uh, would cast lots. And, and there are those who read that and think that Peter made a mistake. Um, it was proposed Joseph called Bersabbas, whose uh, surname was Justice and Matthias. The lot fell upon Matthias. And so the question is, is that Peter made a mistake by casting lots. It's the last time that you see that method used in the scriptures. But um, what is interesting is when you go to Acts chapter 6, that it tells us as they began to appoint deacons, that then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, it is not desirable that we should leave the word of God or serve tables. So... The Bible doesn't say the 11 and then the false apostle or the, the the fake apostle, Matthias. He's mentioned with the 12. So uh, the Bible doesn't tell us that um, anything different. Now, there are some who believe that Paul the Apostle is going to be one of the names on the 12 uh, names, you know, on the foundations of the New Jerusalem. So I don't know. Is it going to be Matthias? Is it going to be Paul? We'll find out when we get there. But uh, the Bible isn't really clear on that. I have a feeling, this is my opinion, um, and I'm as wrong as anybody else, is that it's probably going to be Paul. Um, but we don't know for sure. Um, let's go to line one to somebody who's anonymous. And you're on Calvary Live. Yes, thank you for taking my call. You bet. You got a question? Um, just the, the question is, how do I um, grow my faith in um, Christ? Well, you grow your faith in Christ. How, faith comes how, by... how, how? Not yeah. why, how? Yeah, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. What you do is you stay in the Scriptures. Keep reading the Scriptures. Keep reading about Jesus. Keep reading about the truth of God's Word. Okay? 
And that's how you're going to grow. That's how you're going to grow in faith. That's how you're going to mature. So I would encourage you, be in the Word. Um, are you a, a Christian? No, no, no. Okay. So what I would do for you... I mean, you, I went to a Catholic school. I'm practically Catholic, but um, uh-huh. I'm, not, I'm not baptized or anything like that. Okay. So for you to know that the gospel is this, that Jesus died for your sins, he rose again, and he's alive. And that's what the Bible declares. And Christianity is not a, a, just about religion. It's about relationship. It, it's relationship with a loving Father that comes through Jesus Christ who came and died for you. He died for me um, for our sins because there's a sin problem. And that's what the Bible declares, and that's why it's so important to read the Bible. The Bible says all of us have sinned, and that Jesus came and took our sins upon himself on the cross. And you see, that's what makes Christianity unique, is that no other religious leader did that. No other religious leader died on the cross for your sins and then was put into a grave and rose again after three days. Only Jesus did that. That proves that he's the Son of God. And you see, the, the Bible declares God to us, declares the gospel, which means good news. And the Bible also says, as you come to faith in Jesus Christ, that you will be forgiven and you will be saved and have the promise of eternal life. Okay. Okay? Okay. All right. Okay. So, so have you ever done that? Um. No, I just um, I started to say the Lord's Prayer and the Prayer of Space, and um, I read face to face. I think it's a it's a book um, that has five um, daily devotional prayers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to wait and watch and see what happens. Yeah, and you know I appreciate you calling, and I appreciate you asking this question, but where it really begins is surrendering your life to Jesus, coming to him and having that personal relationship with him. You know that he loves you. He knows who you are that's calling. And and I don't think it's any accident that you're calling. I, I think that, and I know that the Lord is saying that I sent my son because I love you. And And when Jesus went to the cross, he did it for you. He did it to die for your sins so that you can be forgiven and have the hope of eternal life. In the Bible, Jesus declared that I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And so what he desires for you is to surrender your heart to him, to come to him and to ask for forgiveness and to ask him into your life as your personal Lord and Savior. And then that personal relationship begins And then you'll be born again, the Bible says, born again by the Spirit of God, spiritually reborn. And and, and it's it's the need, the greatest need of any man or any woman is to be forgiven and come to Jesus. Are you willing to do that? I'm considering it. To come, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. He loves you. And he knows exactly where you are, and, and the invitation is always to come and believe in him. For God so loved the world that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Would you like to come to Jesus? Yes, 
Mm, not yet. Thank you. Okay, this is what I want you to do. I don't know if you live in the area, but I mm-hmm. want you to get get a Bible to read it, the Gospel mm-hmm. of John. I want you to 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 you know ask questions, call a church wherever you live, and I know it may be a scary thing for you, but you don't have to be afraid. Okay. And the Lord wants to speak to your heart. Okay, don't be afraid, and and maybe you. You know, because of family or whatever, your background, maybe you're afraid to do that. But I believe the Lord's speaking to you. But I want you to always remember this, that he loves you and he's calling you to come to him. Thank you. And that he's waiting for you to come to him and that he is your salvation. There is none other. And he is the son of God. And he sits at the right hand of the father and he says, I love you, sister. And I want to save you and I want to forgive you. But that's a choice now for you. You, in your heart, just pray, God, make yourself real to me and ask him to draw you to himself. Can I pray that for you? Sure. Father, I pray for this who, lady who's called that you love her. Draw her to you. Answer her questions. Open her heart, Lord, to come to you in Jesus' name. Okay, remember that, and then if you ever get a chance to call us back, call us back and tell us, you know, uh, how the Lord is working in your life, okay? Definitely. I'm thinking of going to Israel next year. Okay, all right. God bless you. I'll be praying for you. Hey, thanks, everybody, for calling today on Calvary Live. We had a great show. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.